Hello, welcome, and bar weep gragnar weep ninibong to the dice breaker podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, hot rod. <laughs> it's hot wheels. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As Chimera LR has just pointed out in the chat, there is no map this week, so let the chaos yeah. ensue. Uh, Dad isn't welcome. here, so yeah, we... welcome to the live. I think live. me and Mia might be the wrong way around, but also, oh hi, god, welcome. you are the wrong way around, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm now because Olivia because it's live. Oh my god, what oh mean? god, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you're seeing behind the curtain. Oh, oh jeez, oh jeez, oh, 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 oh man, oh god, what's happening to me? I'm inside the space. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. A big shout out to anyone listening to the audio version of this podcast. <laughs> no idea what just happened. Uh, if you're not a, already um... aware, we record this live now every mm. 2 p.m. UK time uh, on youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker, which is what we're doing right now as we move around all of the blocks in OBS and things yeah, yeah. break apart and it's good. That fun. was just um, it was just an audio theatre experience. It was, yeah. Imagine that you were watching something chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> we are back here for the Dicebreaker podcast. If you are if you're a new listener and this is your first time here, this is where we discuss not only all the fun things that we've been doing this week, but uh, a tiny bit of, of board game news, uh, a fun game that we play, uh, which we decide on each week. We've got a really stupid one coming for this one, so look forward to that. Surprise! Um, and we also answered some questions, both from the live chat and emails, as uh, as Alex Meehan might say. Speaking of Alex Meehan, I'm joined Hi. by two members of the team. If you don't already know, I'm Michael Wheels Whelan, the head of video, but I'm also joined by Alex Meehan. How are you doing? Hey, I'm no longer Olivia Kennedy. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm back in my rightful place. Uh, the dumpster. Uh... Well, I'm on the same level as you, so I see what that what that says. <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm I wasn't here last week, so I've saved up all my energy to unleash this week. So oh, I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> and we are also joined by Olivia Kennedy, video producer. How you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, not bad. I don't know why we opened it up with the universal greeting. We were talking about Transformers. Um, so for anyone yeah. who doesn't understand what that means, that's fine. Like me. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think we were a bit worried if any of our alien robotic brethren were listening. Yeah. They weren't sure if we were friendly, but now they know. So we've just prevented an, an entire disaster. Well, like I a mean, galactic I, disaster. I had the uh, the wiki page open there so I can just explain it to uh, to anyone who's not familiar. The universal greeting is used as a means to express goodwill toward alien beings when a language barrier is present. However, it does not always work that way. It is commonly transliterated as... Bar weep, Gragnar weep, Ninibong. So, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone yeah. comes across an alien species, yeah. and you don't know uh, what language they're speaking, and they don't know what language you're speaking, just use that, and it's all good. Yeah, um, and then you, you get, a, that. <laughs> and then you get a boombox, and you start playing Weird Al Yankovic, Dare to Be Stupid, mm-hmm. to be and then bed. you're 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 golden. Uh, I learned so much about the Transformers soundtrack from from Rebo. <laughs> you could yeah, you could thank uh, Johnny Keenini for that. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Again, like I did not watch the Transformers film when I was because I was not born in the eighties. But there you go. 
Um, no. We, me and me and I think have learned about it via either Johnny or H Bomber Guy. Like it's a combination of the two. Uh, yeah. We also don't have a lowlies in, so I'm just going to get up the bingo call for episode sixty. Oh, um, good and it's a double whammy. It's a double whammy. Um, there's one which I don't know why anyone would use this in comparison to the other option. And there's one which I think me and will very, very much enjoy. So the okay. the crap one is episode 60, five dozen. Yeah, that's, we've what, seen that before, that like, format. We know. <laughs> we know that 60 is five times C- 12. Come on. Let, let's see something new here, Jingo people. It took me a while to figure it out. I was like, wait a minute, isn't that like... Isn't it five times? No, I'm bad at math. Me too. Basically. Don't worry. Yeah. Me too. You're not but alone. You. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think this is the bad at maths call. This is all the people yeah. on the team who oh. are bad at maths. So there you go. Uh, audience, hey. if you're also bad at maths, let us know. You're mm-hmm. you're you have a home here. Welcome back. <laughs> but more importantly, not only is that awful, but why would you do that instead of episode sixty? Grandma's getting frisky. <laughs> myself specifically will love that it's because is that because one i am grandma yeah or getting frisky yeah or two i just like the idea of grandmas getting frisky exactly yeah that's that you've summed it up in two there (laughs) (laughs) hey just because you're older doesn't mean you can't have a fulfilling sex life Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. and that's yeah. what we always say here on the Dicebreaker yeah. podcast. <laughs> that's what we it's always say. One of our say. many mottos here. Yeah, on isn't Dice that the tagline <laughs> of the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, are, we are OAP sex positive. That's yeah. That's that's what we're all about here at Dicebreaker. Big thank you for the super chat from James with a B. Transformers chat is a brilliant way to start. Have some money for some of the best people around, especially Liv, who is a great addition to the team. Yeah, if anyone's oh, yeah. not seen yet, Liv is our brand new hire. Um, who has a cute little fox in the background. I do! It's my fox. Yeah. Uh, me and was saying that the fox has a wonky eye. Doesn't. He's, he's, he's just, just a bit... This fear. Yeah. I <laughs> said well-loved. He's just I said well-loved. Well. <laughs> he's, he's been in the sun for too long. Well, um, <laughs> we actually have sun now. Thank goodness. So yeah. that could actually be true. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, speaking of um, what we currently have now, uh, what we currently have now, me and are memories. Memories of all the fantastic things that we've done memories. this week. <laughs> um, would you like to regale us uh, with a lovely tale of all of the things that you've been doing slash playing this week? That's how we kick oh. off the podcast. A little, yeah. little retrospective. Yeah. Uh, r- r- retrospective. <laughs> this spective is r- 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 retro. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on the soundboard. Oh, no. Um, when I you would... actually get a soundboard, this podcast is going to go through the floor. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I beg you not to... Do not give me control of that soundboard. <laughs> you will regret it. Because I'll have an amazing time. I'll, I'll never be happier. But it will ruin the show. Um, I would love to tell you what I've been playing. Of course I would. This week... Uh, uh, we played a few things for some videos. Little mm-hmm. sneak peek there. Uh, and one of those things uh, was Libertalia. Arr. Yar. Which I have actually talked about on the podcast before. 
but this time uh, I played it with Liv, mm-hmm. uh, Lolis, yeah. and mm-hmm. our very own uh, Matthew Jarvis. Um, and uh, yeah, um, to be honest, I might hand this over to Liv just yeah. to just to see what your thoughts are because you'd never played this before. Never played it. No. Um, <laughs> like I said, there are some numbers involved, and I'm bad at math. But mm-hmm. so that was um, that was. But other than that, now I really enjoyed it. Um, I I think I would need to play it a few times for me to actually like know exactly what I was doing and how to like make them big plays. Because I think me and you and Lolis in particular were just kind of like you you you'd played it before, so mm. you were like making them plays, and I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. I am known for making them play. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're you're almost like a, a high school American football coach. You're always thinking about them plays. Uh-huh. Um, I you think and Lolis I... were like huddled up, if I recall. Like... <laughs> um, there was there was like a time where I tried this on board game arena without really knowing what was going on, and I jumped in. And if you don't really know how the game works it is oh, yeah. a bit confusing like it's, it's like very confusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah it's you know what it's a game that that has grown on me i do like it it's got a lot of potential for meanness which is why mm. i think lowly's really enjoys it yeah because <laughs> um, yeah she, she's competitive they but, should call um, her alex take that lowly's <laughs> take that yeah <laughs> um hopefully a reference to the mechanic not the band well, it could be either. If Gary um, Barlow's <laughs> yeah, get him out of it. <laughs> um, no, it it's a really good. It, it is one of those games that, even though I I I did quite well, um, I I cannot fully say I I understand completely what's happening. Did I you mean, win? I, I can't remember. I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. Right. Oh. Yes. I mean. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the point of watching? I know. Um, For the entertainment, no. Mia. Yeah, it's very entertaining. I can assure you of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's the case of the thing is a lot of it is remembering what's been played, and I'm really bad at that because mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to have to put that kind of information in my brain and hold on to it. I just want to, you know, keep going with with the flow, as yeah. it were. Uh, and to be honest, I think a lot of it is just about luck, about how I'm feeling that round. Uh, you know, <laughs> whether I'm pumped or not. Where you got those plays in your head? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's just got a lot of. I think most interesting part of it is once you branch out from that first round and people have different cards in their hands, mm-hmm. then it becomes a lot more interesting. Just to give like a, a rough overview of Libertalia, it's a pirate game if that wasn't already obvious, where um, you have three campaigns which last over over five days, six days, I think. Um, I think six. Because, uh, you know, the Sundays are for resting. Yeah. The pirates. <laughs> pirates were famously pirate. religious. <laughs> yeah. Um, they would never steal on the Sabbath. <laughs> uh, and obviously each day there's there's an amount of booty to, to get. Uh, and... Um, you know, each player has to play a card and those cards will have numbers on them. The higher the number, the the sooner you get to pick booty. And obviously all the good booty is going to go first. However, those cards also have like different powers and such on them. And some of them can be really quite wild where ranging from 
there's a parrot card that you can swap out like with another card, card in, when it's in the row. Um, there's cards that kind of murder other people's cards, both in their in the row and in their den, which is where cards go after they've been used to get booty. And then that's sort of another mechanic where you can get points that way, or doubloons, more accurately. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like three rounds of that, and then whoever has the most money at the end wins. So it's fairly straightforward in concept, but then the cards kind of really make things a bit wild. Um, It's really fun. So I do enjoy Libertalia. I hope it comes back into print, especially as we've talked about this before. uh, There are like there are like two black characters, I think, in the game. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it needs modernizing mm-hmm. very, very badly. Well, um, yeah, that is that is something that I will be chatting about in a little bit when I discuss what I've played. So Ooh, callbacks. Okay. So stay yeah. tuned for callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thematic... Uh, thing going on with this this episode transformers and, and representation <laughs> transformers um, and representation is actually what we're renaming the podcast by the yeah. way. <laughs> um and the other game i've uh played this week is um downforce uh which i, I like also downforce. played with Liv, <laughs> yeah uh Lolis and matt um i'd never played it before i think the only person who played it was matt yep uh, who taught us it and mm-hmm. uh i really enjoyed it it's like mm-hmm. camel up but less random yeah uh i think awful. that's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no that's great uh like i mean camel up just kind of i think when there's like a lack of logic to to anything and it's just blind luck because i have no luck whatsoever um it's just like a bit of a i can't control this kind of thing but with um uh... with downforce like everything you do from the very start has like a direct outcome on whether or not you're going to win. Like, for example, small spoiler, one of us kept going into debt with, (laughs) with the auctions uh, that we were like putting up, but like in one round, it didn't pay off at all. And the next, maybe it did, who knows? No spoilers. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I really enjoyed it. And also there's a a fun competitiveness with it. that just, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. The it's a remake of a previous game called Top Race, I believe. Mm-hmm. That was popular during like the seventies or much something. Much crapper name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was kind of remade by Restoration Games, who who are kind of in the business of remaking really older games and bringing them into the kind of modern era. They're doing that with um, Dark Tower at yeah. some point. They've done Fireball Island and. Some other things. Some other things. <laughs> Don't they also um, do match up or whatever it's called? Um, match attack. No, the uh, uh, the the thing where you've got unmatched. To... Unmatched. That's the one. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I remember. I think that's Mondo Games. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I I thought this was a really good game. I still really like Camel Up, but you you just have to go into Camel Up with the understanding of it's random kind of nonsense and mm-hmm. the best you can do is maybe make a good bet but um, play to your camel yeah let but things go <laughs> downforce <laughs> is definitely a more strategic experience and uh it's still really f- good fun and it's really quick and it's actually really easy like in terms of to learn it's very straightforward mm-hmm. it's not 
complicated at all. I was worried when I saw it because I was like, I'd heard Rallyman GT. It's a bit like that, obviously, because it's still a racing game. But I've heard Rallyman is a lot more complicated. Of, yeah, I think Rallyman's more of like a simulation, like yeah. sort of game. I think because it's, it's um, more concerned with like actual like apex of corners and like you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, whereas Downforce is more like you get the car and then you can bet Woo! on it. <laughs> I'm just um, just quick uh, quick point. It's Mondo and Restoration who do unmatched. You were right. Oh, okay, so we were both um, right. Yeah, we were both right. Wow. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, that was really good. So you can catch both of those in future video releases. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch the full story, then you should definitely give that a go. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been I, I watched Eurovision. I also <laughs> I just, watched Eurovision. Felt like I wanted to bring that up because it was, it was, it was as bad so as it always is. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I stopped watching Eurovision like a few years ago because I was kind of not not really hugely into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the really boring ballads and it just seemed like a lot of the entries were those uh, and it just wasn't gelling with me. But then I watched it again this year for the first time in a while and it was just so... It was really good this year. It was, it was like... Mm-hmm. It was like that missing year kind of gave the people involved like a renewed sense of energy. And they were like, we're just going to go for it. So mm-hmm. there were only like a few ballads, uh, predictably that, boring. Yeah, that is absolutely one of the worst parts about most Eurovisions yeah. is when it's just like, I'm going to put one person on a stage and they're just going to sing really loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was worried when 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 Switzerland and France were up there in the scoring, I was like, "Oh no, both ballads." I wasn't a fan of either song, but then who came up the rear? It's Italy, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I thought Italy wasn't that good. I was really upset that Iceland didn't get the. Get no, the Iceland. One. Iceland should have won. Iceland knocked out of the park, and then for some reason, just no one voted for them. I have no idea why. Iceland was my favourite, but I would I am gladder that Italy won than those two because Italy I realised you should have said come up from the rear. I feel like that phrasing is still appropriate considering that Italy yeah, yeah the Italian entry was just debauched and wonderful. Uh, and Did I'm you very see... happy for them. So there was obviously that there was a clip that went round. Yeah. Uh, we all know that. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a clip that went round that made it look like one of the members of the Italian act were like doing coke when they were on camera. Uh, yeah. But there was a TikTok from a woman of um who has like a, a classical art degree and knows mm. how like perspective works and things like that to prove that they weren't at table level and therefore could not have been snorting from one. <laughs> yeah, it was wild and yeah. also so impressive. Like I, I actually had no idea what somebody who studies art history really does i didn't know it was anything to do with that that's just exciting. like yeah. they see how old the painting is i think i think that's the entire thing right that's as far as i'm aware what mattered was a group of heroes rose up for the call <laughs> uh like the avengers and sort of yeah an unlikely group of heroes teamed up to yeah like prove that that wasn't correct but yeah, yeah th- there you go that's what i've been up to um 
Nice. Great. Sounds it's a good time. Well, let's move on to live. Um, yeah. Did you also watch Eurovision? <laughs> I I didn't, and I I like religiously watch it every year. But this year, I don't know what I was doing. I think maybe as I was asleep. Probably. <laughs> so there are, there are two things that I did not realize. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't know there were like semi and quarterfinals and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. I saw those being like, but do they just do the same song every single time? Presumably, yeah. Surely, oh, like, yeah, I guess so. Because it's it's the song that like that they're really judging, not yeah. necessarily the group. Because that's the only song mm-hmm. they're going to play. It's not like the group is going to play a, a set. It's like just that song. I just don't know mm-hmm. why you'd ever watch the semis and the quarters if you just gonna be like, it's the same songs over and over again. If if it's a bit, if, if it's like a banger, then mm-hmm. maybe. But uh, other than that, no. I remember this one year where everyone was just super excited because. Oh, um, what's his name? Rope Cats. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd oh, Webber. Andrew Lloyd yes. Webber, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, the UK's entry is going to be amazing. Andrew Lloyd <laughs> Webber is, is writing it. It's going to be so good. <laughs> <laughs> I have to know, uh, Aiden Folk says, I thought the UK brought up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other do. thing I was going to talk about is um, something that, that Big Graham highlighted on the commentary. Big, <laughs> big G. Uh, he was saying that like the the big five nations in Europe, i.e., the UK, Italy, Spain, Germany, whatever, um, they all like pay to be in yeah. every year. I had no idea mm. that this was a thing. So like they because and it kind of makes sense for the UK. We yeah. suck ass every yeah. year so hard yeah. that we have to physically pay them to let us <laughs> yeah. in the competition. <laughs> I am fairly certain that the only reason we are ever in the competition is because we pay. Is for because it. we yeah. pay. No, one hundred percent. That's exactly yeah. what what happens. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's like like everyone was blowing up about the European Super League in football, but this is exactly what's happening in Eurovision. <laughs> It's fine. It's, it's not like it's not like the UK ever really gets anywhere. So mm. it's like we're kind of just paying to be humiliated. It's honestly, yeah. but then you go on like you'll have like this morning, and they'll be like, "Oh, it was an absolute disgrace." I thought he oh, did very God. well. It's like, did he? <laughs> I thought he was very bad. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 I began to like yeah. enjoy it way more. Like when I stopped hoping that the UK would go anywhere, and then I was like, "Okay." Oh, I cheered this is when I found out bad. we got zero points. I did as well. <laughs> I also cheered, and my parents were like, "Why are you cheering?" I'm like, "You wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's my generation." <laughs> anyway, Liv, what have you been playing? Yeah. What have you been doing? Um, same as you. So, well, a couple of them. Um, I played Libtali with you and Downforce, and also um, me and you did a wonderful job at uh, GMing for us um, <gasps> when we played some low stakes. Yeah, I missed out um, on this. I was, yeah. I was like dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did sound like you were in a good way um <laughs> um but uh but yeah you know um low stakes um uh, and you can probably jump in here if i miss anything but it's a role-playing game where you it's based basically on um what we do in the shadows the film and the tv series and it's just a bunch of supernatural creatures uh living in a house together and coming up against a bunch of kind of uh, mundane-ish i guess i guess problems um like everyday problems and uh tackling that without being discovered by the human world um and i had a lot of fun um yeah thanks me <laughs> i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah i had yeah. a lot of fun gming it apart from matt jarvis and everly's trying to break the entire system <laughs> as he does as <laughs> a little teaser for you there mm. um no it's a really easy system 
to GM and play. Um, you can get it from Drive Through RPG right now. I'm pretty sure it's very cheap. Um, it, it's yeah, if you like naughty sitcoms, um, there's a really good mechanic in there where you do confessionals. Mm. You literally turn to the camera and say something about yourself or about other people. Uh, and then um, that can kind of gain you advantages in roles. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a game you, you roll a lot in. It's more about um, role play in terms mm-hmm. of acting and sort of sketch comedy almost. Not sketch yeah. comedy, but like improv. improv. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was already going to put this out, but Shivko Yakimov, sorry, in the in the comments has also pointed out. Whilst it is inspired by what we do in the shadows, the original uh, people who are like mythical yeah. creatures living in a house together, yeah, with being, being human, human. Oh, yeah. What was that Channel Four? Or was that it BBC was two? it was BBC Three? BBC Three. Um, yeah, of course it was BBC Three. It was <laughs> BBC Three. Uh, I watched it when it first came out. Um, I remember there was the guy with his edgy fingerless gloves. <laughs> yeah. He was in like oh, Spooks, yeah. wasn't he? Didn't that guy mm. end up in Spooks? The oh god, who are I'm... you talking about? I'm remembering it very loosely. Vampire. I don't know. I don't know any actors' Man. names. Are you talking I... about Aiden Turner? Aiden Turner was it? Aiden Turner. Aiden Turner oh. is actually like quite a big actor now. Oh, he was yeah. in the Hobbit series uh, and a few other things, mm-hmm. but I he started pretty much with being human. Um, I really like that show. It started off really strong. There is legitimately a, a season of that show that is very good, where they really push things, mm-hmm. uh, both with the comedy, because there are some really funny, mm-hmm. funny bits in that show, um, but also with like the horror and the drama of these three people who have very real life problems, and I think each of their there is like a vampire ghost and a werewolf, and they're all kind of based on addictions essentially like mm. that's the the allegory mm-hmm. and they do some really interesting things with exploring those kind of those free kind of problems that they've got whether it's addictions or kind of mental illness things like that and um there's some really great actors i think mark gattis is in it as a baddie which is fantastic because oh, he wow. really plays it up and um yeah, it's a really good show. It, it kind of went a bit really downhill good, yeah. towards was, the end. It was it was always a bit campy, and I think maybe it, it sort of like it fell into that a little bit. And sorry, I just want to. You're right. Aiden Turner did uh, end up being quite a big actor. I mean, he was in The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot 2018. So obviously had a <laughs> <laughs> massive career. I don't know. If we're, I don't know. If we're talking about the same person. Uh, <laughs> No, he, saying... no, he was also in Poldark and yeah, uh, it was in Poldark. Yeah, stuff, I was so. like, I, feel like, I was like, I was flicking for his his uh, filmography, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> he does what he wants. Um... Um, we really railroaded that, huh? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the else... RPG, right? <laughs> Anything else, Liv? That you um, played? Um, but b- I have also played, yeah, I've been playing a bunch of Summoner Wars thanks hey. to Wheels. Oh. I have been best, infected. Best card game ever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I guess we, so 
Mm, okay, I don't want to cross over two topics I'm going to talk about. But anyway, oh, mm. I know. Um, so yeah, me and Wales, uh, we have played around against each other, and I was very close, very close to beating Wales. Just yeah, like, no, one genuinely, like <laughs> one bad dice roll screwed you in the end. Like mm-hmm. if if your if your dice had rolled a little bit better, I would have already been dead by the time <laughs> I killed you. Mm-hmm. Me and my garbos were swarming, swarming good. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, I was yeah. blowing up all of my people in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was super upsetting. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was um, really easy to learn. And um, also, there's a lot of variety and stuff. I guess for anyone who hasn't played it, um, I'll just... Actually, Will, do you want to explain it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well, I did... I, I've i've done it quite a lot recently yeah. so well. um so there is there is a review up on the channel it went up on wednesday and also yesterday i did a live stream where we played against the community and they uh they won uh but <laughs> uh summoner wars is a two-player sort of like tactical combative guard card game sorry not guard game um in which you play as summoners who are like spawning units on the board and fighting each other with it with them sorry and the objective of the game is to kill the other person's summoner uh, and once they die, you win. So it's it's like a sort of card game that you'd expect, like you know, like magic or something like that, where you're drawing you're drawing cards and playing them, and you're getting resources and stuff. Um, but instead of it just being you know like magic or keyforge, where they just kind of exist on the board, sort of abstractly, you've got actual uh, an actual grid based map that you're moving units around, and they can only sort of like attack and, and shoot into people that they can see and, and they're next to, etc. Um, so you're actually laying down like little defenses and stuff so like there's a faction called the polar doors for example who have loads of different buildings they can use and like moving spawn points that they can spawn things out on other sides of the board and stuff so all the factions are super like thematic and different from each other um mm-hmm. when me and liv played uh liv was playing as the cave goblins who are like sort of swarmy um and they're they're quite tricky i think like you can mm-hmm. you you get loads of free units with them and, but they're all sort of rubbish so you have to like really like flood the board to win yeah. um whereas i was playing as the fallen kingdoms who are the kind of necromancer faction and they can like resurrect people and like they can like damage themselves to get new stuff on the board and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but there's also like a few ability cards where you can basically destroy your own units in exchange for damaging enemy units. Um, And then, like, these, like, zombie warrior, basically, things where whenever you kill someone, instead of getting magic for it, you would then just turn them into a zombie warrior from your discard pile. So I just had these great turns where I'd, like, I'd kill someone, turn them into a zombie, and then that person would kill someone else and turn them into a zombie. Yeah, Um, the the infection spread. It really did. It was was a good productivity. Yeah, yeah, Summoner Wars is fantastic. Um, So we we managed to play Liv, Mm -hmm. an in-person game. We did. We were across a table from each other. Oh, it was flabbergasted. Well. <laughs> <I know. laughs> what is this? Fun but we're going to be doing that as well on Wednesday, uh, me and. Yes. That's the plan, anyway. We're going to. It's amazing. We're going to go into the office. <laughs> we're going to. We're going to play some board games together. <laughs> like, old, like old times. It's so it's very exciting. Wild. And yeah. hopefully we'll. Um, We'll get some interesting c- content out of doing that. <laughs> and if, um, uh, if, if Mian had her soundboard ready, I would say, yeah, it's going to be absolutely bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and you did a 
uh, a review for Summoner Wars. Yeah, Summoner an absolutely Wars. glowing review. It's uh, it's it's an incredible game. It's really really good. Um, but I already knew that because uh, the first edition has been out since 2009. It was wow. the first game that Plaid Hat ever put out, uh, which I didn't realize at the time. Um, but this, uh, what we've been playing is a brand new second edition, which not only is like, you know, slicker, more diverse. Uh, so there's the, ah, the throwback. There's the throwback. Ah, yeah, yeah. They've got way more people of color, way more like female presenting, uh, summoners, like lo- lo- loads of like just general things that you would expect from a newer version of an old game, especially in a fantasy setting. Um, mm. I think there's a few people who aren't necessarily sold on the new art style cause it's a little bit more cartoony. But it's also just a lot less generic and like yeah, boring fantasy. Like you know? I think I generally prefer. I will veer more towards the cartoonier yeah. aesthetic with these kind of things, especially when it comes to fantasy. Because when you when you don't do it, unless you you got some really interesting characters and designs, it just doesn't work. It's not yeah. as memorable. So, mm. um, and there's an app version of yes. the game now that you well, can so play. Yeah. So in the the original edition had an app that you downloaded via like Google Play or or iOS or whatever, um, but now what they've done is it's called Summoner Wars Online. It is like a subscription thing, but it's like three dollars a month for like everything, and you can cancel whenever you want. So it's it's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the cool thing about Summoner Wars Online is it's browser based, which means that you can play it on literally any device, anywhere, whenever you want. So like it's oh. it'll run on your mobile, it'll run on your laptop, run on your PC. It can run on pretty much anything that that allow- you could probably play it on like a smart TV or you know like it's, <laughs> it's you play it wherever you want. Feels, can you play it on the display, the screen display on your fridge or not? Uh, if you can get on a browser on the screen display of your fridge, which if you've hacked the like Android shell that it's running, then you probably can. Yeah, there you go. It's like again, it's, it's like it's Montero Doom. all over again. It's like Doom and Montero. Um, <laughs> And you've been, you, I think you two have been playing around with the app version as well. It's mm-hmm. good. Well, the I, online I, version. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've discovered that I, 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 I quite like the Phoenix Elves. Mm. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, there are certain uh, things that I really appreciate, like that guaranteed, like there's this one um, archer character who will, once um, they move, they can immediately like do one point of damage to somebody yeah. via quick shot. And I really like as well that there's another character that can only take one point of damage when they're attacked by like a big like brute or whatever that's really helpful um the brute the the disgusting brute, brute. <laughs> the brute. i'm thinking of the brute from libertalia now but like um <laughs> well, he was a brute yeah i want a brute um ruined my game um but yeah there were and there are like a bunch of other oh yeah and then also you've got um uh, a card called i think it's the beast or like flame beast or something like that mm. and it's like um a big a big like volcano guy and just during the move phase if it starts adjacent to a different character like to an enemy unit then it will just cause them one point of damage and just, then you can also for the sake of standing next to them <laughs> yeah exactly it's just a hot hot, hot guy. boy just it's a hot, hot boy, hot boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it sounds like a faction that just chips away at, at its yeah. enemies mm-hmm. so one one thing about some is that it's like it's dice based combat so like you technically you have like a potential to do five damage not you do five damage so like mm-hmm. the phoenix cells are really good because they give you guaranteed damage which damage, means that yeah. whilst it's not as much it's like you know what kind of output you can do which is really cool yeah, um, that's really useful for me because my dice rolls are bad. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, the wheels, there's but... now a, a written version of the review yes. that went up today. 
edited by Mr. You... Jarvis. Yeah, edited by Mr. Jarvis that you can read right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, com. links in the description below. Yeah, so if you uh, it, when you when you're done watching this, <laughs> not watch now. <laughs> <laughs> you stay here, please. <laughs> um, you can go over to dicebreaker.com and read that whole review um, mm-hmm. and learn more. Uh, any any other gameplay stuff we want to talk about? What what we've been playing? At? Wills, um, tell us about yeah uh, this causer. Yeah. Mm. So um, th- we got we got sent some like some welcome packages for this, uh, and I I've literally just done the tutorial, so I don't have a huge amount of info on it. Uh, mm. But causer voices of the dusk, which is a name, uh, is <laughs> uh, a new sort of free to play card game in the same vein as things like Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering Arena and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there are about four million of them now, but this is a brand new one. Um, it is trying to do new things. My problem with it is I'm not sure it is. <laughs> um, it's like the problem is, and I and I kind of said we did we did like a list of like the best um, digital card games that you can play. So there's there's things like uh, Slay the Spire and, and Arena and and uh, like. Uh, Feria and stuff like that. So, that, that, you know, there's a few games that are worth checking out because there's quite a lot. Um, you know, there's there's Gwent and there's Elder Scrolls and there's, you know... Uh, there the was one, Elder Scrolls. There was Elder Scrolls. There's the one that uh, Steam made or whatever. There's, there's just, like, Hearthstone went big, which meant that everyone had to make one. So, like, there mm-hmm. is such yeah. a massive amount from them. Uh, it's kind of difficult to find one that yeah, you I... vibe with. Um, I know that the three kind of big ones are Hearthstone, Legends of Runeterra, and yeah. Magic Arena. Yes. Like, right. And then probably Gwent is just underneath those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, so the problem is a lot of these games, and I kind of said this, somebody shouted at me for Runeterra, which I haven't played, so that's probably my bad, but um, I just call them Hearthstone butts, where it's just like, it's Hearthstone, <laughs> but, and then like here's like two rule changes which are, mm. are like you know sort of like slightly different but there's you know there's um there's like a pretty pre-established rule set that most of them are underpinned with which is essentially like a digitized version of every card game that's ever been made every card game has got some kind of link to what magic the gathering originally did so like there's there it feels like somebody needs to make a card game that they just completely designed from the ground up yeah. and just don't care what anyone else is doing. They're just going to make something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like with Causa, that that was a similar vibe for me where it was just like, instead of drawing one card a turn, you fill up to four and, uh, you know, damage is permanent rather than refreshing. Like there's just little bits which are just like, yeah, I guess. Like they, they never really sort of like grabbed me. There was nothing where I was like, whoa, that's different. Mm. Um, you know, like, you know, even Elder Scrolls had, like, two lanes and stuff like that, and, you know, not massively exciting, but not, like, not just the same thing, but slightly tweaked, which is what Causa felt like, unfortunately. Do you have yeah. a, a contrasting opinion there, Liv, or are we in agreement? I, no, um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, basically, like, um, I think, because um, I play a fair, a, bit, a fair bit of Hearthstone, I haven't really gotten into magic yet. I want to learn more about magic, but um, but yeah, basically when I went into Causa, it did feel like oh, I know the rule set already, even though I'm in this tutorial, um, which I was hoping wouldn't be the case. Mm. But um, but yeah, everything felt kind of like okay, well, I I know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm doing, and so I'm just 
trying to get through this. But there are a couple of points that are different and interesting that I quite enjoyed. Um, like it's called Causa and you have your cause power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically you take the highest um the highest well, you valued don't have to, card. It's any card you want, but it's any think, card. I think you're you're encouraged to do the highest one because you can't afford to play it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. This is true. Yeah. So you um so you can put it in your cause pile and then like that stacks up depending on like each round what like if you put another one in and then that if you have like say three cores and you can play like all of your three level three cards i mean it's so it's like it's slightly different in that aspect um and then you can also require cards which if you need to use a card from your cores deck you can do but then the cores goes down so there's a bunch of kind of like different rules around that there's also like the leader kind of mechanic um so your leader is you know the the face of of that you are your avatar basically um and when your cause goes up to like certain levels like two four and six they can like do certain things like grab a certain card or like cause damage or just like things like that it's basically like a hero power i guess yeah it just sort of triggers every now and again rather than you choose when to buy it sort of thing yeah which is a little bit weird yeah there's just like a lot of ideas where they were like let's try and do the same thing but a little bit different and it's like <laughs> yeah just not different enough like it wasn't mm. didn't really grab me uh, one mm. thing that i will say and I, I think one of the reasons that i probably got addicted to arena so easily is that like they don't just leave you once you've done the tutorial like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of games where it's like here's lots of different ways where you can purchase things but magic is quite good at like giving you some freebies to get you tempted in so like mm-hmm. for example when you start the game as part of the tutorial you have five ready built decks one in each color that you can start building from so if you've got one right. that you particularly like so i really liked the the white life going deck i can just play with that and then keep going and then from then on i've got like a, a thing that i can sort of like temp tamp temp there tinker with <laughs> and tamper with and put new cards in um whereas with causer again it was just like here's the tutorial like here's the cards you start with which are just cards like they're not really a proper built deck it's just like there you go Mm. it's like all right uh now what (laughs) but yeah there are some like interesting powers um on the cards that like i hadn't seen before they're asking me to come up with an idea of what they are i can't tell you but they were different and interesting so that's (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah there's like oh there's like you can have like support and then that will like allow you to like have it's basically another kind of hero power like you can add like facts from from magic like this is the Mm -hmm. thing it was like you they put a new name on it and then you're like i mean this is basically this isn't it oh the the worst thing the absolute worst thing the absolute worst thing in like the fourth mission of the tutorial they're like by the way milling is one of the base mechanics and i was like no (laughs) no stop enough enough Oh, oh dear. Um, so uh, we we remain to see whether Causa, you know, has any cause to stick around, uh. or if it's just caused us some heartache. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I say this, I probably will play it a bit more, but like, do it. If, no, yeah, do it. It's yeah. I I think sometimes it's easy to judge something at the start, and then you find out that there's a hidden little interesting thing that's going on. Yeah. Um, oh. But me and as our yes. resident news correspondent hmm. flying around in the chopper i'm in the chopper right now you, you can't some... see it but i'm <laughs> i'm spiritually got, in the chopper you've got one of those like uh 
pre-made backgrounds where it makes it look like you're in your room but actually you're in the chopper <laughs> yeah yeah you, you, yeah i'm trying to pay attention to driving but it's fine we'll be fine <laughs> keep your eyes on the air me <laughs> <laughs> would you like to to give us a little preview of some of the interesting stories that have come out on dicebreaker.com recently yeah, so, I mean, it's debatable whether this is interesting or not, but... Um, <laughs> Great, I'm people, glad we've, hope we've so. saved it for the podcast. <laughs> people people want to hear us talk about it, because it continues our seemingly endless saga of suffering <sighs> uh, under Monopoly editions. Um, and it, it's the one we all knew was coming. And in fact, we knew it was coming because it was actually initially revealed last year. So there you go. But it's just released now. Uh, it's Monopoly Dungeons and Dragons edition. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> These two big franchises have come together <laughs> and they've made a baby. Have they oh, together? I'm pretty sure they own each other, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people don't know that. So uh, yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, I think the big surprise was we can't believe it hasn't been done already, but mm. uh it's fine but people have asked for it clearly and it's finally here i would so, like um, to know who those people are yeah. so give them a <laughs> yeah. piece of my mind <laughs> uh well they're not looking for a piece of your mind will they're looking for 22 classic monsters <laughs> from the role-playing game including debbie gorgon's uh, bugbears and beholders it sounds like there are multiple of those in the game they're not it's just one but th- this is a, a enticing little appetizer thing <laughs> appetit- if you will yeah uh for the kind of monsters included in this game so it's it's what you expect Wait, from a monopoly game are the property spots the monsters yeah what yeah so what? why <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain the lore of this game, Will. <laughs> this is very important. Um, you are, instead of property moguls, um, you are adventurers uh, sent to capture monsters on behalf of, here we go, Volo Famp Gedom. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Who, who you might recognize from Volo's Guide to Monsters. Oh, yeah. this um, idiot. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, And so you'll be capturing these monsters for Volo for some reason. Uh, uh, You'll be buying them with D and D currency, uh, which is a nice, uh, memorable name. (laughs) Uh, Is it literally just called that? Yeah, it's literally called that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I, I wasn't being funny there. I was being deadly serious. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and instead of chance and community chess tokens, uh, you'll be getting encounters and treasures instead. Mm. Um, so basically still random nonsense, but it's vaguely D&D themed. Uh, again, I've not played it, but I'm just, I'm just riffing yeah. based on information that I have. Uh, and the tokens you'll use will be like classic classes, so like rogue, wizard, whatever. Uh, and it's the same thing of who, whoever has the most money wins. Yeah. Uh, instead of the railroads, you've got some some beloved settings, such as Castle Ravenloft and Tomb of 
Tomb of Horror. But wow. yeah, but like, it's not what I would go. Why? With. Why didn't they just make the locations D and D locations? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, mate, I didn't design it. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand. <laughs> I maybe oh they're maybe God. they're not enough that are recognisable. So they were like, oh, we'll just go with. I they guess they were like, be, okay, right? there's like four hundred setting books. Yeah, yeah. I suppose like they were like, okay, and, you know all that crap. I don't know. <laughs> they were probably like, what's the most iconic part of Dungeons and Dragons? Probably Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dragon. A dragon is a monster. Yeah. I think you can buy it. There's a red dragon on there. I can see from this JPEG. <laughs> So um, that's I don't know why for the delivery of JPEG really got me there. <laughs> that's Harry thing. in the chat says, "What do you do? Buy dungeons, and then very late, later on goes, you buy dragons." Just like <laughs> trying to figure this out. I feel. Yeah. Well, uh, it's available now. If you want it, I'm kind of mad about it, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> live, uh, the thing is, people are saying. Um, I always love the enthusiasm. Me and has. When reporting on Monopoly, it's there to hide the despair. <laughs> I feel mm. uh, of you know, it's it's something that that I I've sort of resigned myself to. And yeah. that, sometimes the best way to deal with sadness is to be very happy. A lady goes to the doctors and says, <laughs> "Please, doctor, I am depressed." And the doctor says. Ah, the treatment is very simple. Just go read one of Alex Meehan's Monopoly articles. They will fill you with joy. But Doctor, I am Alex Meehan. <laughs> but Doctor, I am the article. <laughs> yeah. Um... I mean, as the resident D&D lover of Dice Brick now, I guess, um, this displeases me. And so... <laughs> So explain why Liv. Why does this just please you? It's just like you don't have to that's not what it is. Oh, like the whole the whole point of, of D D is being able to like have uh, like interact and adventure and you know, like having that kind of sense of control. I don't see it, it's just a reskin. It's a okay, reskin. Yeah. Okay, Liv, let me give you a, a very strong counter argument. Oh. All right. Money. Oh. Money. Money. Oh, Money. Mm. Yeah, yeah what, uh, but, of it. But Liv, what would your opinion change if we gave you a million pounds? <laughs> <laughs> also, when you said this displeases me, yes. I was imagining you as being like a queen on your throne. And like you've got your goons there, and they're like, Oh, mistress, what do you think about what we did just there? And you're like, This displeases me. <laughs> Backhand one of them. Yeah. Look, wait a minute. If I have goons, that implies that I'm some kind of some kind of villain in this piece. <laughs> we've made up i mean it's all subjective really isn't it yeah. morally speaking so uh, <laughs> you know there's maleficent that film i do like maleficent uh yeah that's a bad yeah. film i'm not a fan <laughs> maleficent <laughs> <laughs> that is a very accurate i hate that kid with every fiber of my being i yeah. so my my girlfriend at the time when that came out was doing a like I think it was like uni and she was doing like a, a master, I don't know, doing a dissertation or whatever on like the adaption of fairy tales into film because because I think about 50% of the of the British population has done their dissertation on fairy tales um, or Disney films. But um, 
I was forced to go and see Maleficent, and I, I can't even say Maleficent because it's Maleficent every single time. <laughs> I hate that yeah. kid so uh, much. Wills, if you if you like that film, you'll love two. That's for sure. Because <laughs> uh, two, uh, so Gwen and I had one very drunken evening where we watched Maleficent 1 and 2, and that evening was split apart by a trip to the local shops to buy more Prosecco. (laughs) (laughs) It was essential. And I just became obsessed with the little creatures that are in that film. Of course you did. Uh, (laughs) They're like, they got little like elephant noses and they just live in in the water. Uh, And I could only describe them with the the word goober which has come up in, in the past but that that little creature is the definition of a goober like uh, just a weird ugly but kind of adorable little thing that I, that's the best thing in those films so um oh also in the second one oh my gosh i can never remember his name the actor who he plays one of the other bird people let's call them oh, okay uh, and <laughs> oh boy that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's very attractive. Uh-huh. There you go. Um, let's move on to this next news. <laughs> yeah, maybe we Before should. Ian gets thirsty again. I have a question. Is Hello. it only in bird form? <laughs> that you're attracted to him? Yeah. No, the thing is, I would say his name, but I fear I'm going to really botch it. Okay. Um, uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. The main character, Chuetle. I've, oh, I've already yeah. ruined it. Uh, yeah. Apologies. I'm so, I'm so bad at actor names. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. so bad uh, with my um, my terrible mouth movements. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Chuetle. Yeah, apparently. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, he obviously he's a, a very attractive man in general. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm sure he's listening to this. But in that film, he is especially attractive. There's because just a vibe a about man. him. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> just just say you like Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is a safe space. I like I like bird people. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Angelina is also in that film, and she is very attractive as well. <laughs> so the anyway. racist with Gen Con, man. <laughs> Oh yeah, Gen Con. Um, it's still happening apparently. Um, uh, but there is also a Gen Con online for obvious reasons, because uh, not everyone wants to go to a convention full of full of people at the moment. Uh, but um, the in-person convention has lost um, two big publishers. So Asmodi will no longer be participating in Gen Con. If you don't know who Asmodi are, they're basically like think of the a board big... game; they probably yeah. own it. Yeah. <laughs> it's them and Hasbro, are like the big sort of mega corps of tabletop gaming. So them backing out is kind of like a big oh okay, like so that means like Fantasy Flight aren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Catan Studio, Days of Wonder, Zedman Games. Mm. Um, and also Pazio, which is a role-playing game studio that kind of best known for Pathfinder. Okay. Uh, so the the other big fantasy RPG apart Paizo. from D and D. Uh, sorry, pa- is it Paizo? 
It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they can they can call me if it's wrong. Um, You're going to have so many calls after this. <laughs> I, I hope so. And... <laughs> hello, Chouettel. Oh, no, I'm just on the phone with Paizo Slice Pazio. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, it's the D&D. Hello. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wills, that would never happen because I would just hang up or I would just hang off on Pazio and just put my full attention. <laughs> <laughs> why the hell would i want to just talk to them <laughs> no offense on your multiple um, burner phones that we've assigned you. Yeah. <laughs> no i'm imagining it's like you know one of those sort of like um you know like stock traders in the 80s they've got like yeah. eight phones they're like no buy no sell i'm putting no, you no. through i'm putting you through <laughs> oh it's it's paizo yeah um ignore me anyway paizo you know they do the they do the pathfinder who cares um they they decided to drop out of the convention so the physical convention um it's still going to take place in september um but uh, we're not 100 percent sure who's still in it because a few <laughs> other publishers have, like have two board games out. in like this cavernous <laughs> empty room <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, you know, we were talking earlier this week about whether, uh, um, whether Come On's going to be there. Come uh, that's, on! That's, that's not the proper way you say it, but that's how we say it. Yeah, it's pronounced... don't say it the other way. It's pronounced as if you were pressing the button on the little MIDI <laughs> the keyboard. The little MIDI keyboard oh, yeah. that everyone had at school where it goes, Come on! <laughs> DJ! <Yeah>. DJ! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, whereas the other way it's pronounced is the kind of sound we would have on our soundboard. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. That's what's happening with Gen Con. Uh, we don't know whether we're going. Probably, so don't ask us. <laughs> probably not at this rate. I don't know. Like We can e confirm anything. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like not a lot of people are going to be there. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Wheels has been overtaken. I literally said carry on. I was coughing. <laughs> and then everyone just paused to listen to me. <laughs> we were worried. Oh, God. I had a bit of acid reflux. That was horrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. Well, <clears throat> hopefully uh, Gen Con won't suffer <laughs> from acid reflux. I don't know how to link those. But, uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a pretty quiet year, which is probably for the best. Um, it just kind of feels like with those big companies out, do you really, what you're still, is it still happening as far as we know? But, um, there you go. So, uh, that's Gen Con. Um, yeah. Other, other news pieces you can read about. Um, (laughs) and now other news pieces that you are available to read on dicebreaker.com. I'm trying to hype him up, Will. Um, it Chase sounds like you're telling it. them off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, Chase did a really great interview uh, with the creator of Iron Sworn, mm-hmm. um, who they did a Kickstarter on Starforged, which is mm. basically their sci-fi RPG. Uh, so that's really interesting. That uh, I wrote about Not That Funny, which is basically yeah. a good version of Cards Against Humanity. Um, there's a story about the Catan 3D edition, which you can buy for three hundred dollars, <laughs> and it looks awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
There's also a really great piece on uh, disability representation on D&D and other RPGs mm -hmm. uh, by Gabriel on the site, which I urge you to read about because it's a really important subject. Uh, and publishers need to get their act together and, and do a better job. Yep. Um, sort it out. By the way, yeah. speaking of Cards Against Mally, but better, like, if literally everyone in the world could stop e emailing us about their new Cards Against Humanity clone, where, <laughs> like, the second line of the email is like, if you don't have an edgy humor, this is not going to be funny to you. And it's like, okay, Is that okay, meant to be to Tommy Wiseau? Or yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for my princess. <laughs> Anything for my princess. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Stop emailing us. <laughs> your cards oh my god, Tommy, play. stop it. Nobody wants to play your Cards Against Humanity game. <laughs> Tommy. Pack it in. We know you're Hollywood's <laughs> darling. You just got to stop. Um, so that's all the news. Uh, you can read those stories along with uh, Wills' fantastic review we mentioned earlier. Uh, Features, opinion pieces. We've got it all on dicebreaker.com. Go there. <laughs> Do oh. it, but not yet. Yes. <laughs> not yet. No. You've got to stick around because what are we doing now, Will? Oh, because right now we've got our weekly segment. If you are a person who has either not listened to the podcast before or who has only recently started listening to the podcast but then took a brief pause, perhaps, something like that. You might not know that in the last few episodes we've been doing fun little segments, little activities uh, where we can get a little, a little bit wacky, a little bit wild, Ooh. a little bit silly. Um, a bit zany. A little bit zany. Whoa! Whoa. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> About a, bit, a bit Billy zany. We've done things such as uh, trying to find out what a randomly generated board game title would play like. Uh, we've done... Uh, trying to guess which board game people are talking about and their one-star reviews of it. But today, on this week's episode of the Dicebreaker Podcast, we're going to be playing what, is, what has apparently been called the Celebrity Game Game. <laughs> yes, you called it that. Was it Matt Jarvis? Uh, it might be, yeah. In, in a reverence slash celebration of David Dickinson's Antique Chase... <laughs> Uh, and, and Kenny uh, G's Let's Get Saxy. Yeah. And uh, Card Dashing. No, that one's And Card Dashing. Card yeah. Dashing. And, a Kardashian board game. And a Backstreet Boys Around the World game slash NSYNC Backstage Pass. Oh, and we almost forgot um, Vanilla Ice's electronic rap game. Of course. Of course. <laughs> How could we? <laughs> There's been Please. a lot. There's been a lot Punish of... us. <laughs> <laughs> That's 20 years in hell for that. Please, Daddy Ice. Uh, there, <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, bizarre celebrity board game tie-ins. Um, and you know what we thought, gang? Mm. We thought mm. that some celebs who currently maybe don't have uh, a board game... Why not? Why haven't they been given the chance? Yeah, yeah, it. Oh, Vanilla Ice can have a board game, but Patrick Stewart can't. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna uh, pitch some new. I mean, board we've already games. wheels. We've already we've already done one. Yeah. Tommy Wiseau's Cards Against Humanity. Oh, exactly. Gosh. Tommy Wiseau's Cards Against Humanity from the the apple of the eye of Hollywood. Uh, where wherein the rules are that you have to email Doug Spricker every week. <laughs> 
They're very good them. at it. Trying They're to winning. They're winning. <laughs> um, so we're going to ask for some suggestions from the live chat. We'll once again remind you, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, which now goes out every Monday, for anyone wondering, uh, then we record the Dicebreaker podcast live Fridays at 2pm UK time. So if you want to come over and join us, then you can give us suggestions in the chat whenever we do one of these live games. So, come hang. Can... Sorry, carry on, Liv. I was just screaming, come hang. Come um, hang. But, <laughs> but, but also, um, every single... <laughs> like everyone in the chat is saying like so-and-so celebrity monopoly which i think honestly no sounds like it could work well this is the thing (laughs) don't give us a board game title just give us a celebrity and we will tell you oh hello here he is speaking of celebrities we will tell you what board game they were gonna have as their tie-in it's Uh, choto everyone yes everyone Dicebreaker's very own celebrity (laughs) and he acts like it he He does he really as soon as he realizes that i've got a camera on he's like hello (laughs) right so immediately we've got brendan fraser in the chat yeah of course you got (laughs) brendan fraser in the chat i wonder what we're gonna he's dicebreaker's mascot he's the (laughs) ubermensch i mean when we were playing camel up we talked about how we would love to have like the mommy version of Camel Up or or the mommy the board game with Brendan Fraser. Brendan 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 Fraser's colon the mummy colon the board game. Do you know what's quite funny? When I saw that comment because I think it was Hatchinov said Brent Brendan Fraser's Camel Up I momentarily confused the games Camel Up and Buckaroo. So now I'm imagining <laughs> a, a little plastic model of Brendan Fraser that you hang things off of. Right. Oh, it's not Brendan Fraser riding like a horse. Uh, it's uh, Brendan Fraser that we're putting stuff Brendan on. Brendan Fraser yeah. as a horse. <laughs> oh, yeah, as, as a horse. A horse. No, my bad, of course. <laughs> I was about to say something that I decided against it. Uh... <laughs> Me and I know what you were up to. But for variety reasons. Um, but no, I mean Brendan Fraser is is such like he's such a talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, and he's so good in the Mummy. So maybe maybe we should do a, a fun board game with Brendan Fraser. Well, maybe if, just the yeah. Mummy the board game. I'd love that. Well, if it mm-hmm. was Buckaroo, you could hang all of his accolades off of him. <laughs> <See what he's laughs> or like. Hang, Toto, how much spit have you got on me? For sake that. <laughs> you could also you could hang all of the like love notes that he receives uh, yeah. from all mm-hmm. the thirsty people that watch his films. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, people Absolutely. are saying Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Oh, Sean Bean would have a great board game because you'd then have to, you would have to get him through an entire film without his character getting killed off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I believe there is a role playing game involving Sean Bean. That was made oh, you all by play as a different Sean Bean, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it was Grant made Howard, by isn't it? Yeah, Grant Howard. Yeah. yeah, did a role playing game where you play a Sean Bean, but different Sean Beans, yeah. And you have to you have... I can't remember exactly what you do in that game. But you're um trying no. to stop the inevitable death sequence, right? Yeah, or I think it's accepted that some some Sean Beans will die whereas others will live. <laughs> oh yeah, you make a new Sean Bean every time your one dies off. I so I'm really enjoying the idea of like you're all it's like a semi-co-op game where you're mm-hmm. all playing to make a good sean bean film 
uh, and you have to reach like a certain quality for for the team to win. But there's a traitor in the group who has to do the Sean Bean oh. death scene. <laughs> yeah, and and I I can confirm that Sean Bean has been in some pretty bad films, including Jupiter Ascending, uh, <laughs> which is amazing, and I urge everyone to watch it just for Eddie Redmayne's performance as mm. just the most intense eating the scenery thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a part where he's lounging on a futon <laughs> with just a waistcoat, just a waistcoat and some trousers, very tight trousers on. Mm-hmm. And he sat there sort of preening himself. And then he does this thing where he speaks very quietly. And he goes really loud because he's really angry. Uh, and Sean Bean is a bee man in that film. He's a so- bee man. He's, yeah. He is a bee, but he's also a bee he's a man. He's, <laughs> he's a bee, a bee. bee. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, some people put someone. Uh, Chris Nano's put Tim Curry. <laughs> oh, what would a Tim Curry ball game look like? Oh gosh, that's a good thing. I mean, maybe we're trying to escape capitalism, <laughs> and the only way that you can do it is <laughs> to go to the one place that capitalism is. <laughs> We've got to, we've got to, yeah, we've got to take communism to space. (laughs) That's the Tim Curry game. You're like building rocket ships, but you're not allowed to pay for the materials because that's capitalist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You have to co-op them. (laughs) Oh, and when you're playing it, you have to wear the exact same costume that Tim Curry wore when he was in Legend, which means that he has to wear the giant devil horns. And like the big stilts that made him bigger, <laughs> and like com- the complete muscle sort of suit thing. Have you seen that meme where it's like there's a talking bread, but it it has Tim Curry's line from that film where he's like, "the the evil seed of what you've done germinates within you." Yes, I have seen that. No. <laughs> okay. I have seen that, Wills. Of course, oh. I've seen that. Um, like, what if what if there was a Tim Curry board game where it's Muppet Treasure Island? Yes, um, and it's an. I'm eight- on board already. <laughs> yeah, it's an asymmetric two-player game. One of you is playing as as Jim Lad, and the other's playing as uh, as Tim Curry's Long John Silver. So um, that means one of you is playing as the the greatest character, and the other one's playing as a dweeb. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, it's basically it's a it's a quick little game. You play out the scene where they're singing when they're off their journey. Uh, and it's that bit where Jim and and, and Long John are on the, the crow's nest. Aww. And Jim does this little, I'm a little boy <laughs> and I am singing a song. And then Tim Curry just comes in like swinging his package around like, oh no, it's Tim Curry. <laughs> so wait, what's the... What's yeah, the, no. what's the, the mechanics are? So the mechanics are. Mechanics are. One of you is a dweeb and the other one is just swinging around. The you have well, you have to come out on top from that scene. So like, Jim Lad has to get over his his little choir boy voice, uh, whilst also like sabotaging Tim Curry's perfect voice. Um, earlier on, Sammy Critford all mentioned, "Don't wake Dad." Or don't wake daddy. Yeah. Um, I feel like this could happen. <laughs> don't wake daddy. <laughs> don't wake daddy. Like maybe like there's a bunch of little like gyms running around, and if they wake 
Tim Curry up, then he's going to start doing <laughs> yeah, his thing. Don't want to wake up. Tim. I imagine. <laughs> I imagine Tim. it's not like it's not Tim Curry's asleep. Curry. It's the fact that he starts off as lovable Tim Curry, but you will awaken inside him <laughs> the <laughs> character he plays <laughs> in the aforementioned oh, film where he's basically that's the good. devil. <laughs> what if it's just Tim Curry, but you will awaken different roles? Like, what if he's just like it? All of a sudden, mm. and you just have to avoid well, Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennywise yeah. rather yeah. than it. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, this, this is something I've been experiencing through the last five minutes of this podcast. I've been remembering all of the roles Every that Tim Curry Tim Curry role in existence, <laughs> and it's like it it just keeps getting better somehow. <laughs> yeah, um, he just never misses. He just never misses. Well, he's Bang. anyway. Lib, when you said when you started saying "Don't wait, Daddy," I got really worried, but also excited because I was like, <laughs> "Okay, where are we going with this?" <laughs> Look, I'm somebody, um, somebody asked for an Elon Musk game, by the way, Ugh. and I, I can't can't pass up oh. the opportunity to call him an absolute knob. So let's... is this going to be the Tim Curry one with space, but you have to make a spaceship with all the money, basically? I Wait, think no. It's... What if you have to play as Elon Musk's PR manager? <laughs> and you have to deal with all the fallout from his stupid tweets as he's like, <laughs> he makes some crap meme and single-handedly crashes the cryptocurrency market yeah. and you're having and... to pick up the pieces. <laughs> and you always lose. It's like harder than Eldritch Horror. <laughs> like, it's, it's the hardest game ever. It's like the original <laughs> Landlords game. It's like, it's it's not a game. It's it's a point. Like, you're, it's, you're trying to make a point. <laughs> it, it's, it's even that or it's like one of those games that you get from, like, the 90s where you have like a model of Elon Musk and you have to like douse him in slime or something or like dunk <laughs> dunk dunk him. Elon um, Musk must get dunked. Uh David Leonard Flanagan points out that there is already an Elon Musk game. It is called Snake Oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a shame because I like that game. It is a good game. Um uh, the, Someone, um, I I can't say this name very well. I apologize. Uh, Argiha Raihan said, "Raul Julia are in a are in a voice." Um, the, uh, Raul Julia is the actor from the Adams family, right? Didn't he play? Um, oh, Gomez. Gomez Adams, right? Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I, I did not know what his name was, so I've no clue. <laughs> no, I feel bad about it because, like, what a role, what mm. an actor. Yeah, the, talking of daddies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a very sexual role. Maybe there could be a, a romance, a romantic game. Sure. Uh, like Raul Julia's uh, romantic game. Mm-hmm. I quite yeah. like Danny, Mac- Danny McNamara has pointed out uh, Troy Baker and or Nolan North. Because they are interchangeable, but you could you could theoretically have like a new AAA video game is coming out. Is the main character voiced by Troy Baker or Nolan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to guess whether it's it's voiced by whether they're voiced by Nolan North or Troy Baker. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> oh, that's, and, it. that's the whole game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, Raul Julia was also Bison from Street Fighter, as I've been reminded as well oh, uh, wow. the, the incredible line of for, for me it was only tuesday, tuesday yeah that's yeah. quite a combo of roles that's yeah quite a, quite a um <laughs> a cv uh, and of course mike jones has reminded me of the wonderful uh grant howitt's jason statham's 
big vacation. vacation. Yes. Uh, oh where I believe it's Wesley Snipes is trying to stop Jason Statham for having a good holiday. And you've got to prevent <laughs> that from happening. So that is an ex. I uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Because uh, I remember reading the premise of that and just having a big grin on my face the entire time. Um, um, I was going to say a little while back, Phil Colony, uh, Connolly rather, Colony. Now I'm Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Featuring Danny DeVito, which is what Phil said. But oh yeah, Ooh, Danny DeVito board game. That is something mm-hmm. we should talk about because that's quite an important. Liv, exactly. I feel like we've been we've been seeing the show here. What does the Danny DeVito board game look like? Oh no, don't put this all on me. There's too much <laughs> pressure. <laughs> this is a give and take. Don't worry about um, Danny DeVito game um would i mean f- going out and fulfilling people's wishes i don't know <laughs> no, oh, he's a little tooth fairy yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but do you remember when um uh this uh girl took a cardboard cutout of danny devito to her prom yes yeah and then he got a cardboard cutout of her yes and it was just like Look, look at him making dreams come true. <laughs> yeah, he does make dreams. Danny Demeter does make dreams come true. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just imagine some sort of party game where the goal is to be... <laughs> the goal is to be the most sort of, like... And this is not a, a slight on Danny Demeter. The goal is <laughs> to be the coming. most sort of, like, <laughs> gremlinly, like, like <laughs> weird, sort of, like, disturbing... Mm-hmm sort of person as possible yeah um, who's gonna crawl out of a couch who's gonna <laughs> yeah. you an egg in this trying time and crawl across the yeah <laughs> who, who is going to be arnold schwarzenegger's brother slash twin <laughs> uh who is gonna deliver his baby <laughs> it's the you know yeah mm. it's there's a lot of possibilities with danny devito it really is um yeah there you Too go many. <laughs> I I think we've delivered quite a few fantastic yeah. celebrity tie-in games. If any of the celebs that we've mentioned are listening, uh, then we're please interested. please do get in touch because yeah, we're we're <laughs> we're fully available for consultation fees uh, of of millions of pounds uh, or or perhaps slightly lower with a discount. So you know, a bargain. I would say a bargain. Yeah, um, it, it will do wonders for your PR and career. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you can get in contact with us celebrities. Uh, in quite a few ways, and you can also use that to ask us questions <gasps> on this here Dicebreaker podcast. <laughs> Why uh, are you doing this? <laughs> How do I make you stop? Um, <laughs> you can get in contact with us via emails, which is, I believe it's podcast.dicebreaker.com. Am I right in saying that, Mian? Um, you can get in contact with us in the comments of our, our Twitter feeds whenever we post about the podcast as well on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, so on Twitter, we are at join dicebreaker on Facebook. We are d- facebook.com forward slash dicebreaker on Instagram. We are at dicebreaker on YouTube. We are youtube.com forward slash dicebreaker. Get in contact with us any way that you physically can. And we will try to answer your questions. And if you have a, if you happen to have a direct, uh, contact to the Elzebub, <laughs> Uh, then we'll probably we'll probably well he get works it. he works cool. like freelance for us on on the on the monopoly news shift so if you want to, 
if you want to get in contact with us, you might be able to get to us as well. But more importantly, as we've said before, we record this podcast live at 2 p.m. UK time every Friday, and we will be answering questions from the chat. David Lennigan, David, David Leonard Flanagan points out how great a segue that was. Mm. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, yeah. Let's have a look at the very first question. Liv, would you like yeah. to read out this question here that we've received via the emails from Barry? Yeah. <laughs> okay sorry um yeah do you modify board games you buy to make them last longer i don't mind making some modifications to make a game work better or last longer examples i know that y'all don't consider it a real board game in quotation marks for real but life day, you <laughs> <laughs> um but life if you don't take the spinner apart to modify and glue it back together, it spins like garbage because it is a $5 board game you get from Walmart. I am taking apart the game called uh, a game called Downspin right now, and that has a series of interlocking gears, and you need to take turns spinning them to get your tokens to the bottom. But the pieces were made so terribly that I need to shave bits down to get everything to work properly. Thanks, Barry. That's, yeah, <laughs> Thanks, that's Barry. a lot of... Um... <laughs> a lot of effort to put into playing a game of life. Yeah. <laughs> I've not heard of Downspin. Um, I haven't either. But yeah, I don't I can't think of games that I've physically modified. Can anyone else? Uh I know we we got a copy of Monopoly once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was missing one of the one of the cards. Uh and so I took it upon myself to make it. Uh, as a as a roughly eight year old girl, uh, you can imagine my artistic slash design skills weren't incredible. <laughs> uh, so when I presented this to everyone else in the game, the response I got was, "What is this?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> forever scarred by that comment. Um, that, that's the only thing I can really, I can really think of with modifying. Because my collection is roughly fairly, still fairly new. It's only like a few years old. There's nothing really there that's sort of I've worn away or I've lost or anything. I know you can get, for example, fancier tokens for, for yeah. games like Scythe and things like that. Mm -hmm. You can kind of replace the resource tokens with like fancy little models and things. I think that's a great idea. And I think people who love that sort of thing. Uh, good for them, but it's not really something I'm that bothered by. Um, the only ones I've ever been tempted by, and I don't even own the game, but is the little like plastic embossed or like resin embossed um, ingredients for quacks, which look really right. nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also I was thinking about getting some like nice tokens for um, Arkham Horror because we're, I'm planning to play that game for like quite a few years, so like we should probably get some nicer bits than the little cardboard chits. Um, mm. I I do remember as a, as like a sort of I think when I was a teenager or something. Um, so we had some like family friends, uh, and one of them made a Luton version of Risk. <laughs> I mean, that's it is a Risk living in Luton. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know? That's my hometown. Um, it is. <laughs> Year after year, for some reason, voted as the worst town in the UK by yeah. like, Daily Mail <laughs> or whatever, because obviously no one who has ever voted on it has ever been to Luton. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is uh, there's like a, a merit, I think, in making um, 
sort of like personalized versions of games. I know there was like a service where you you could get like a custom Monopoly made. You could get one printed out for you and stuff. It's called like really? My Monopoly or some some crap like that. Yeah, I'll get one made that's just called This Game Is Bad. We've got some super chats. We do. Uh, for Abraham Kid Fifteen says hey from northern interior canada Whoa. stayed up all night to catch the stream um for the first time in a while oh, thank you yeah very much, thank you we also got another super chat from abraham kid 15 69.99 hey <laughs> thank you well, we need the soundboard me and get on it. <laughs> nice nice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, me and my friends had to modify Monopoly so our handicap or special needs friends could play and understand. That's oh. really nice, like slant on it as well. Yeah, it, like mm-hmm. like for example, I know that um, so my mum is a uh, like dyslexia specialist, for example, and like mm. a lot. Obviously, the the one font that everyone rags on is is Comic Sans, but the the reason that thing was invented is because it makes it much more legible for those who are who struggle oh. to read, like with things like dyslexia. So maybe like. Mm-hmm. You know, re- yeah, replacing text with easy to read fonts or like making like colorblind variants of games that don't have it already. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that, I think that's a really lovely way of doing yeah, things. Very well. nice very idea. Nice. It's much better than my my one was literally like when I used to play Mousetrap when I was a kid, and none of it ever worked. So I'd have to like finagle it myself to kind of like. <laughs> that kind of sounds like what Barry was describing. To be fair, yeah, like, right? shaving down gears and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm just imagining like putting little drips of oil into. <laughs> <laughs> into the little mechanisms exactly um, yeah just like you know um wd-40 on everything fear cock cock says uh loot and risk do you attack and capture sin orphans <laughs> <laughs> no it was only ri- it was like they had made a, a, they'd gotten a map of of Luton. Uh, like a sort of topographical map and it had made different regions to like Lucy Farm and like Puttridge and like like it was if, <laughs> this is going to be completely lost on anyone who doesn't come from the three counties area but like this is like it was like a, a loving like handmade <laughs> recreation of the town mm-hmm. that I'm from it was very stupid but very funny um, the way that that was written by the way just made me think of <laughs> Do you attack and kill God? Like that was the kind of energy I was getting from. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, do put your do put any questions you have in the chat, and we will do our best to answer them. But we've got another question here. Um, Wheels, would you like to read out this question from I would CAD? To me, and thank you very much. I'm somewhat of a CAD myself, so you are. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> Uh, Cat asks, do you use inserts and crates made by third-party manufacturers, like Broken Token? I have known about Restoration Games officially licensing a Fireball Island, the Curse of Volcar crate uh, from Cat. And this is something that I actually recently talked about in my Summon Wars review, because the inlay for that game uh, sucks a whole load of ass. Um, It is... A, a game that is predominantly run with cards like it's got some tokens in the board but it is pretty much all cards and yet there is no way to properly store the cards in the box mm. so you like it's one of it's you know the classic like fantasy flight games trough that you get mm. where it's like go on eat eat your board game rubbish you little pig go on eat it up, <laughs> eat, yeah. It up. yeah good luck trying to get all the tokens in here you little idiot um but yeah so you get one of those kind of like <laughs> 
it's basically just an open box but with a divider in the, in like like one third of the box uh sort of sectioned off from the other so you've got room to put like the rule book and the tokens and stuff in the big bit and then presumably you're supposed to put the cards in the small bit but <laughs> you either have to put them in the wrong way round, which means that as soon as you put the box on its side or whatever, they've all completely merged together with no cohesion whatsoever. Or, you know, more sensibly, what you normally do with cards in that kind of configuration, if you imagine just like a long rectangle, you put them sort of like horizontally and vertically in. So like you've got them, you know, like you, you have like a sort of, if you imagine a deck of cards and just expand it outwards, you've got that kind of shape that just sort of sits in the box. Um, but the, the trough bit is too small to fit the cards in in that direction. So you physically can't put them in that way either. So it's like, what do you want me to do with these cards? <laughs> yeah, in general, I can see why companies like um, Broken Token exist because some board games have the absolute worst inlays I've ever seen. Mm, they have the gall. They have the, the gall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned before, uh, as you mentioned before, (laughs) Fantasy Flight is one of the worst, uh, you know, offenders I've ever seen in terms of just they deliberately have all this empty space because they're like, buy the expansions, (laughs) do it, and then you can put them in here and you won't have all this empty space anymore. They they use the same inlay for every game, the same trough thing and the same shape box. So sometimes, obviously, you can't fit everything in that slot. Even when you're publishing the game itself, even when you're printing it, they can't fit it in. So, like, if you imagine, like, a sort of, like, cardboard-folded, like dip in a box and then it raises up to at the sides they put things underneath the raised bits of cardboard like <laughs> hidden away so we got a game at one point that i was playing with johnny and i didn't know where half the components were because they were hidden in the inlay <laughs> part of the game wheels got uh, got um, fantasy flight oh my um, god david um leonard flanagan asks what's a board game where the art isn't bad but it doesn't match the game in your opinion when I first heard of Root, I immediately pictured the Red Wall style of art, but was slightly disappointed. Interesting. Ooh, I really love the Root art. Yeah, I love Root art. Liv, what but... do you reckon? Have you got like a, a game that you've played before where like the art mm-hmm. just doesn't match the theme? I'm sure I will if I take a, take some time to think about it. <laughs> Ian, have you ever played a game before where like the art just doesn't match the theme? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Uh... Yeah, I mean, some art is just kind of there if the theme isn't particularly strong. Some art is just kind of there to just serve the purpose of yeah. of existing. Functional. I think, you, yeah, I I mean, I'd say like like the art of splendor. I've always been a bit like, this is fine. This Aiden folks in the chat is trying to stir <laughs> by saying come on second edition. Lolis is not here, it won't work. <laughs> I refuse. I'm Switzerland. No. <laughs> I just won't get involved in those kind of arguments. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'd say Splendor's art is fine. I, I to be honest, it does kind of fit the theme of getting jewels and things. Mm-hmm. But I've always kind of just been like it's definitely on that level of this is fine. And personally, I do think artwork is really important for mm-hmm. for board games. It's not like essential, but I think it can really make a major difference. I mean, like one of the reasons why I like Root so much is because of the way it looks. I think games that the kind of games that I like particularly 
are the ones that often have artwork that really that really fit the bill mm. um yeah i i these kind of questions are always hard because they're <laughs> things to, that to think of the top of your head that's probably yeah hard. they're things in about two hours time i'll something will pop into my head and i'll be like <laughs> oh, yes, oh yeah that, that would have perfect. been a yeah. <laughs> really good answer but um yeah i i do think artwork that fits the theme is is really good but also there can you know not every game has a really strong theme so you kind of have to roll with something that just looks nice mm. um i think yeah. azul does a really good job of that in terms of like the theme is not very strong at all but the artwork still it still it still brings you in because it's like it's engaging enough you're yeah. like oh what's that um what are you gonna say Liv? Well, oh. <laughs> um, I was going to say genuinely. This is I was going to be like, not that I'm trying to segue onto you, Wheels, but do you have any idea? Wheels, um, what's a game that you've played where the art yeah. just doesn't quite match? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I think uh, there is something to be said about abstract games, man. You're right. Of like, there are some games where it's just like. I'm pretty sure you could have thought of a theme for this, you know what I mean? Like, where they're just like, uh, here you go, that'll do. And they'll just sort of, sort of you know, fantasy, I guess. Here you go. Like, I remember yeah. playing, um, what's, uh, oh God, what's that area control game with like, just really like, like serviceable, but dull art. Um, oh, I need crap. more to go on here, Will. I need more yeah, to go on. I know, I know that sums up a lot of board games. Uh, it's, <laughs> Area control. You're on like an island, and you're playing like hands small of world. Not small world. Sorry, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. There, there's like there's a lot of games where it's just like here's a goblin, and it's like I'm I'm sure you could have done something a little bit more interesting. Terra Mystica. No, sorry, it's gonna be one of those games where so I'll say it, and you'll be like, Ugh. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I would when I was talking about Terra Mystica, I would say the artwork for that game is very underwhelming, and mm. like that's very generic fantasy i think generic fantasy is one of the worst defenders out there i think you've got you've got two categories you've got generic fantasy and just rubbish because i feel like generic fantasy should have its own punishment um whereas like there are just other ones that are uh like the there was that new sidekicks board game that was announced yesterday that's eric lang's latest board game and it's like a disney one uh, and the thing is, villainous looks good. Like mm. it, it looks like it's, it's a got. Game. Yeah, yeah, it looks nice, and it it's obviously uses a lot of the artwork from, or is inspired by a lot of the artwork from the original films that they're from, which makes sense because uh, you want them to kind of be recognizable. Uh, uh, but it's still it's still got a, a unique kind of style to it. That's like, oh, that's fun. And this Sidekicks board game, the art cover for it is so awful like when i saw it it's literally just like a gray cover and then at the bottom they've got some of the pictures of the characters like against colored backgrounds and they're the same color so they're like vague silhouettes and i'm just like this just looks awful mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a shame especially now that um prospero hall have been absorbed absorb a loft into Pongo <laughs> games which is so disappointing because prospero hall did some really good stuff uh, they this also game made the games though so that's <laughs> they got what i mean <laughs> i don't know who exactly made those games so it, it might not have been 
you know the people from Prospero Hall. But mm. um, yeah, this this game isn't from Prospero Hall. This Sidekicks one, it's from Spin Master game. So anyway, I will mm. say like, although I I apologize for bringing it back up, like. I think the the reason that I don't vibe with the second edition art for Camelot, and I'm sorry once again saying it, but like I think I don't think it's bad art. I just, yeah, I just don't think it necessarily fits the vibe of the game. Like it's a super like wacky, silly, like like mm-hmm. fun sort of game. So it can be like a even if you think like oh that's a really beautiful box. Like I think there are sometimes where it's like you play games and it's like yeah the art's gorgeous. It just I just don't know why they picked that sort of style sort of thing. And yeah. I can't for the life of me think of any other examples, so I apologise for once again bringing it's, up Camelot. Look, but it's yeah. real tough. Yeah, I, I have a hundred percent played games like that, and I just can't can't mm-hmm. get them in the front of my head. I have what I have to offer is examples of games where this is the opposite of what was asked for, but games where art has really taken it to like the next level. Mm. For example, Mysterium. That's the whole basis of the game, really. Like, but it just that level of detail and like it, it's genuinely what the whole game is about mm. also secret hitler is very good like certain yeah very um, pretty, very pretty game. yeah very well super pretty well super we do mm. i'm just i was about to say something but we'll quickly yes. read out we've got an- another one another super <laughs> chat from abraham geared uh who has been saving them all up for the first time they've yeah. caught a live stream uh, and says, I was in game development and design, and our first project was a boated game. And he took points, he took points, 20 points off if they didn't quite fit. Oh. I don't, Abraham, yeah. you could, if you could follow that one up with a non super chat message, I don't quite understand <laughs> what the message means. I apologize. Um, but I was going to say, I did see someone recently talking about there's, you know, a lot of the Reiner Knizia sort of like very pretty reprints of old games. Mm. So things like High Society and Modern Art and things like that. Um, I saw someone saying that like they're really gorgeous reprints and like the art is really pretty, but there's a lot of um, like there's a lot of the sort of like tongue in cheek kind of poking fun at like you know like the the hoity toity nature of art or like the sort of the we're so lovely high society people who are actually really dirtbags uh, and <laughs> like it, the the games are kind of like a sort of satire point of like you know laughing at these people who are so invested in such stupid things kind of stuff but you kind of lose that because they make them so pretty and and this this was i'm reiterating something that somebody else i I think i saw on twitter i can't remember the name um but yeah that's an interesting point of stuff where it's like you know if you if you if you try and do like a sort of pretty reprint with really gorgeous art do you kind of lose some of the identity of what of what the game was as well like there's a there's an argument for that yeah i mean there's that to and fro of like do you stay true to what the old fans remember or do mm. you try and make it appeal to new new fans? And it, I think it is the case of you, if you make something look nicer, like less like an old clunky thing from the 80s, then it is more appealing to, to newer players. Like that's the main reason, I hate to bring it up again, that's the main <laughs> reason why I prefer Camel Up 2nd Edition. Mm-hmm. Just because I would rather have that box on my yeah, like on my shelf yeah yeah that's fair any day yeah. of the week than the other one because um, the other one to me just I just associate it with the kind of games that we were given when we were like ten because they were like Toys R Us yeah and like that's a shame because Camelot is so much better than 
you know, the kind of games I would associate with that type of box. I think that's the main reason why I like it, other than the fact that I just really like the kind of style and the kind of feeling that it evokes in terms of... It's got that... It's got that, like, of of the time period of, like, Praro, I think I compared it to. It's kind of got that... Orient Express, that kind of, like, you know... Yeah, uh, which... I think it adds a sort of classiness to it. Yeah. No, I, I'm very much not in the Alex Lowley's camp of... If second edition <laughs> That's the last that. time we're bringing it yeah. up. <laughs> I will point That's out, even folks in the live chat has just said, um, we we did a... Today we played on a game called Atelier, where, like, right at the start of when the channel was still new, um, which was this game where, like, you are uh, playing, like, the leader of an Atelier, which is, like, basically, like, an art, uh, like like almost like an art factory like you've got loads of junior artists who are like making paintings and you're kind of like uh uh sort of overseeing them and and you're you're almost like a sort of um uh like a line manager for like Mm. classical artists but the that could have had like a quite interesting quite funny theme of like you know sort of maybe a little bit like cartoon villainy sort of like you know like uh, oh, I'm the I'm the the guy who's exploiting people for their art and and bit tongue in cheek dark humor. But it was just it was ethnos that I was thinking of. Thank you, Bumburius. Thank you very much in the live chat. That's what I was trying to say <laughs> about it like, earlier. Anyway, um, so there is like a uh, like a missed opportunity there, I think, because they literally just went, oh, okay, well here's like a painting theme, and it looks like you know it looks like something from Bob Ross. You know what I mean? Like it's and don't get me wrong, I love Bob Ross, but it doesn't fit the game in my eyes whatsoever. Um, we have a follow up super chat from Abraham Kidd who says um, our first project was a board game and our instructor took twenty points off if the art didn't match the vibe of the game, which I think yeah, it's it's an important thing to to do mm-hmm. when you are uh, designing art for a game because like they're they're supposed to be hand in hand, you know, just like theme and mechanics should be should be matched, you know, in the same way the art should be. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we've I, been we've yeah. chatting for quite a while, gang. Should, yeah. we, uh, should we wrap yeah. this bad boy up? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've been ordered to keep it quick, so let's do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks for watching uh, or listening, if you're listening to in the future. Um, you know, you can watch more videos on YouTube slash Dicebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we talked about, we uh, this week uh, we had the stream yesterday uh, where you played Summoner Wars. Mm-hmm. You can go and watch that. Uh, on well, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we've got the last uh, entry in Animon <sighs> story. It's a good um, ending. It's a good ending. People tend to drop off on our on our RPGs by the third episode, but watch it. It's a good ending. It's a really wonderful ending, and uh, I really enjoyed playing that game. It's a wonderful series. I'd love for it to come back. And next week, you know, subscribe if you're not already. Subscribe or come back to the channel for more amazing videos. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Wills, would you like to? <laughs> would you like to send us out? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine you were doing a good job you were yeah um, so yeah make sure you click the bell icon to get notified whenever we put a new video live you can grab some exclusive dicebreaker merch from dicebreaker.myshopify.com and more importantly Miam was being very humble there but you should head on over to dicebreaker.com to read some of the fantastic articles that she <laughs> and matt and chase and all of our contributors put together we've got all sorts of fantastic reviews and previews and all those sorts of things uh, so have a look out for those as well uh, and uh, a little a few people have been chatting about it in the chat but we have on the web 
May, YouTube memberships are coming, which is very exciting, um, which means that you'll be able to sub to get extra exclusive content, which is very, very cool, as well as um, access to our uh, Discord, which we're also working on. So loads <laughs> of cool stuff in the works. So look out for all of that. Thank you very much. Um, Weihan Lim has just pointed out that Mian didn't do her classic emails. It's because Loli's kind of took over duties for a while. So I was like, I've <laughs> been so used. Yeah, I, I've been resting on my laurels. Go so, quick. Um, you bet. There it is. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow for that Animal episode and next week at Friday at 2 p.m. UK time for the live podcast recording. If you want to listen to this as a audio recording, if you, if you just missed half of it or anything like that, it'll be available on Monday. But until then, we'll love you and leave you and have... <laughs> A lovely day. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.